0: Hey guys, no intro music today. I wanted to do a quick addendum to my Prism 2012-2013 basketball podcast from last week. There's a few things that I missed, a few things that I got wrong, and I want to make sure that I clarify those things because um, I'd hate to hate to say things that hate to not give you guys a complete picture of anything. So the first thing is, if you if, you've already, if you haven't li- already listened to that, go back and listen to it. I think it was a really good podcast, and I appreciate your feedback on it. Uh, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on it. The number one thing that I want to make mention of is that is I want to give a, a better um, credit to the Blowout member who back in February of 2013 created this thread. If you're interested in finding it, you can go to the Blowout forums and search for the member. His name is Carl Hungus, K-A-R-L-H-U-N-G-U-S, and he did some really excellent work that I think especially in retrospect, we, we need to applaud and give him a lot of credit for So I felt bad that I hadn't done, done that on the last episode. What he did is he looked, he watched, he says, a thousand breaks of, uh, case breaks of Panini Prism basketball, and he, he basically created a thread to say, hey, I believe that I have found the what what should be the stated odds of all of the hits in prison and that's awesome because um, in retrospect because panini doesn't provide those odds you really need somebody to do something like this so he said he watched a thousand of them and he found certain things and we talked about a lot of those on last time show but i want to make a few things clear that uh, that i don't think i made clear last time the purpose of his thread wasn't to go into the retail Product, but was to focus on the hobby. As he did that, though, um, there were other members who chimed in, and the thread kind of evolves into a review of both products, both of the odds of the silver and of the green. The green is more difficult to to test because it seems like people didn't open cases of retail. People opened boxes of retail, and if you're looking at boxes, he makes the point that if somebody doesn't get a good box, they're more likely to not show, the, show what they got. And I think that's probably true. So it's less exact in, in, on the retail than it is on the hobby. So he, he provides a, a wider range of how many boxes there are and what the likelihoods of, are, of, are of a green and things like that. But I still think that his findings are pretty informative. And even though the range is, is larger, it's still really uh, helpful. It's still good information. So and I, I neglected to talk about the greens on the last show more uh, as much as I should have, I think I mentioned them. But um, per Carl's findings here, uh, there the greens are believed to have. Um, I think I said this last time. The greens are believed to have a print run of around a hundred. He says I want to get it exactly right in here. He says that he believes it's I think he says seventy to one hundred and ten, um, which is again pretty large. Uh, pretty large range, but, but that's what he comes up with. Um, I think the other thing that I really wanted to, to tell you here was there, there's, there's a number, there's a number of things. Um, mentioned the green, I've given Carl the credit, recommend you guys go and look at it because there's a lot of math there. You walk, you walk through the math of how this is a great, good skill to have if you're a card guy, especially today. If you can walk through the math of um, how often specific serial numbered cards or um, sets come out and you can walk from that math to the ending math of how big the pro- how big the product run is or how many cases were made and Carl does a good job of walking through that uh, his math indicates that there are um, let me get back up and g- give, you the exact, give you the exact number um, his math indicates that there are 18,000 boxes of hobby 2012-2013 Prism Hobby, and 12,650 retail boxes. That's on the high end. He he thought the Rangers may maybe a little bit bigger than that, but for the purposes of this, uh, of this podcast, I'd prefer to be more conservative than get it wrong. So he suggests uh, 18,000 boxes of hobby, 12,650 boxes of retail. Hobby was 20 packs and six cards per pack. I got that wrong at the beginning of last episode. So... Twenty, tw- so the average box of hobby, twenty packs, six cards per pack, and within each box, two autographs, two silvers, or sorry, three silvers, and two inserts. So, when you do when you do that math, uh, that comes out to one hundred and thirteen uh, cards, one hundred and thirteen base cards per box. The average retail box or retail has 24 packs and four cards per pack, so more packs but fewer cards per pack for a total of 96 cards. But if you back out the, the greens and the other things that you can get in each one, you end up with 91 or 92 base cards per box, which um, if you combine those two things together and you extrapolate that across the whole of the boxes, you find the total number of base cards. And if you divide that by 300, assuming that each base card Is created in equal populations. That gives every base card a total population of ten thousand six hundred and fifteen, which I'll let you decide whether that's a big number or a small number. Um, But I think it's an interesting number. So ten thousand six hundred and fifteen base cards, one hundred and eighty silvers, around seventy to one hundred and ten greens. That is that's what you get in, or that's what the entirety of, of the product, both. Hobby and retail provide you with. Okay, the last thing I want to add. I thought that there were at least three guys that signed on card, but the only two that I can find actually are Durant and, and uh, Kobe. When I got off the off the recording last time, I went and I checked because I thought Kyrie was sticker or was on card, but then I had second thoughts about it, and I turned. It turned out that he was actually on on sticker, so I misspoke about that too. Um, If anyone has any information as to who else was on on card, I would sure be interested in hearing that. Um, But yeah, like I said, I'd recommend you go check out that thread. If you have more interest in the original prism, um, I would, uh, I'd recommend, you know, looking at Carl's calculations and and making sure that you agree with those, but, uh, you know, take those for what they're worth. From my perspective, I've mentioned this already a couple times, from, from my perspective, most of this prism stuff that came after 2012 isn't especially, um, appealing to me, but the first of, a of a movement of, um, you know, has been an eight year movement for Panini now, which has been really significant. That first year has more value and more intrigue to me. I think, uh, I think that the way that some of the things are being priced is definitely interesting and is controversial. Um, and I have lots of thoughts on that, but I'll keep the pricing stuff to myself because, um, because again, I don't want to influence that, as I mentioned last time, but I do want people to know what I think are, are the, the facts about it, which which are, it is the first prism, so that is significant, um, and uh, you you know you know now what the the numbers are around the um, population of each of the of each of the very, uh, each of the parallels. So if you've got any other question, if you got any questions or think that I've left anything out, probably not going to do another one of these addendums, but hit me up, send me a, send me a message at the 27 guy, or sorry, at the real 27 guy on Instagram. Um, and let me know if you have any other feedback. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, I'll plan on doing one more episode later in the week, but, uh, glad that I could get this one in right now. And, uh, until next time, happy collecting.